Hey everybody, this is James Lindsay, and you are listening to New Discourses Bullets, in which I give a short bullet point type summary of a single topic from woke Marxism that you need to understand so we can stop it. And that topic today is entryism, or communist entryism. Sometimes you'll find it called entrism. You can look it up. Um, There's lots of information about it. It's not some term I've made up. So entryism is the idea or the concept of actually infiltrating an institution. It's how you get people from your camp into an institution, whether that institution is a university, whether it's the police, whether it's the military, those are kind of typical ones, whether it's a company, the entire long march through the institutions that took place through education and through the other uh, professional categories followed basically an entryism based insurgency model. And that's exactly what we've been dealing with. That's what's been going on for a very long time. But some more palpable uh, examples of entryism in practice. And I, I mostly, the point of this is to get you familiar with the concept of entryism, get you able to call out the concept of entryism, and hopefully be able to mount a a defense or response to entryism when you see it occurring. So I want to give you some more palpable examples than just the kind of general long march through the institutions. Um, I mean, we'll start with one from from that that is that we can actually start with the the origin story of critical race theory as related in critical race theory the key writings that form the movement. So at the time, we're in the middle of the 1980s, roughly 1985 or six. The critical legal studies, CLS movement or critical legal theory movement was well underway. It was obviously being critical in orientation based in critical Marxism. It was a critical Marxist attack on the law and it had been making some degree of progress. The conference had grown to maybe, if I remember right, almost a thousand attendees by whichever of those two years it was in the 1980s. And in fact, the reason I'm ambiguous on which year it was, is because in the book, Critical Race Theory, the key writings that form the movement, they tell the story and they give both dates. So I don't know which date is correct. One of them is wrong, but there we are. And so what happened was a contingent of uh, black feminist, primarily critical race theorists who had not yet donned the name critical race theory, build themselves as critical legal theorists and petition the conference to allow them to have a panel. And then during the panel, all they did was accuse everybody in attendance of having excluded black voices. We've heard this repeatedly. Accused the critical legal studies movement of being racist. Calamity ensued. All these people accused of racism started to get defensive. The defensiveness was taken as proof of guilt. Other people said, no, you really are racist. We really have been. Some people said, no, we haven't. We should try to be unified. And you had this fracturing. And the response to this was, well, we have to start letting more of uh, these black scholars, or particularly black feminists, which is a specific school of thought, into the critical legal studies movement, which eventually more or less destroyed the critical legal studies movement. And by 1989, critical race theory had taken its place. Uh, That's when it gained its name in Madison, Wisconsin, at a conference there in a convent um, off the University of Wisconsin at Madison campus, where, uh, as Richard Delgado explained it, just as a tangential 
it was an odd setting for a bunch of Marxists, in his own words, with the crucifixes on the walls and so on. That's beside the point. So that's an example of entryism. What happened with, I mean, these are maybe examples that the mainstream public aren't or haven't paid attention to, but it's a model that repeats again and again. It's entryism. What happened with Gamergate and what happened with the new atheism movement getting infiltrated by social justice activists was entryism. So what happened with Gamergate? You had some feminist journalists who claimed that video game journalism and video games were exclusionary to women. They started to bellyache demand a seat at the table, ended up accusing a bunch of people of sexism, misogyny, sexual assault, all these really bad actors, bad players, blew the whole thing up. Huge scandal. Male gamers and uh, anti-gamer gamers fought back against the obvious journalistic corruption that was happening to gain access to this um, niche but influential over young people dimension of uh, journalism and, and video games themselves. And this thing just turned into a gigantic uh, shit show. And um, there was a great deal of success, at least temporarily, of entryism into that uh, niche corner of journalism and writing and thinking and activity. And in the New Atheism movement, it was similar. It was mostly radical feminists, though there were other contingents. I don't want to get into the whole thing. But uh, the long story short version is that feminists started to demand in particular themselves being included on panels giving talks and they started to do struggle sessions on the leadership and membership of new atheist movement or of, of the movement or the, the attendees of conferences they would make the they would struggle the conferences and say if you don't have enough of us present to give speeches or be on panels usually paid spots then we're going to boycott the conference, which expanded into all kinds of other things like maligning the conference um, and the organizers accusing them of sexism and misogyny, saying that there was going to be all kinds of sexual assault, things like that. So lots of these people ended up getting invited to be in, on panels. They st started increasing the pressure. They started trying to pressure out some of the biggest names in the movement. Uh, like Richard Dawkins actually got disinvited from a conference right before he had a stroke, probably due to the stress of this. Sam Harris got viciously attacked. Whatever you think of him is irrelevant for being sexist and misogynist. And the deal was always the way that you fix this is bring more of us in. And that's the entryism. These policies that you see that say we're going to have to have more women on corporate boards, whether it's 30% like the Baroness um, in uh, the, the, in, in, in the house of Lords says, or I forget which baroness it is, but that's the house of Lords for you, isn't it? And, uh, whether it's these policies in California or these diversity requirements on boards, that's entryism. We all know that what it means is that it's used as an excuse to bring in people with critical consciousness. The diversity inclusion fraud has been exposed repeatedly in this sense. But that's the goal, is to bring in people with critical consciousness and put them on boards and exclude people who don't have it. That's your diversity initiative to bring them in and inclusion requirement to exclude other people who don't uh, satisfy or, or affirm the, the communist position. That's bringing communists and communist ideology into the board. That's entryism. So there's a name for this thing that happens again and again and again. These are various tactics that they're using whether it's policy, whether it's uh, struggle sessions, whether it's accusations, to achieve entryism. Here's another example, defund the police. The defund the police movement had literally nothing to do 
with wanting to defund the police, just like the, you know, dismissal of military, uh, the discharge of military people who didn't get their, uh, for servicemen and women who didn't get their shots, for example, um, or who don't want to be a part of this. And so they, they don't re up their enlistment or whatever, uh, after having to go through all this DEI crap that the military is putting on, guess what? That's entryism. The goal is to weaken the force and then create a crisis and then say, oh my gosh, we need to recruit. But now we have all these new recruitment policies rooted in DEI. So you defund the police, you weaken the police force, you get a crime wave, you say, oh my God, we need more cops. That's one of the two solutions to the problem, by the way. The other solution is we go to a new form of policing with surveillance, uh, mass surveillance and facial recognition and all that. But let's say that we take the, oh my God, the police force is too weak. So what do you do? You bring in new loyal people that are going to learn it according to the new DEI policies and so on. And you hire a lot of actually incompetent people uh, who are going to be uh, moldable political operatives for your police force or for your military. That's entryism. That's how you actually take over one of those institutions, even though you seem like you're like, oh, no, they, no way they're getting the cops, no way they're taking over the police or the military. Actually, entryism allows them a vehicle to do that, and that's how it works. Um, you should be starting to think of populating your mind lots of examples. Everything coded diversity, equity, and inclusion is actually an entryist scam. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is a pretext for entryism. For example, we just had this guy, um, what country, Ireland, uh, come up, I guess he's an MP or something there. And he was saying that the, remember that even with all of the immigration, Ireland is 96% white almost. Well, he said that the representation in government is far too white. Maybe it's in parliament specifically is far too white. Guess what that's a call for? Diversity and inclusion. Guess what that means? You're going to bring in people who look different, but to make sure that they have the authentic black voice. Remember, Ayanna Presley said we don't want, that's representative, I should add, Ayanna Presley of the United States Congress said we don't want any, any more black faces who don't want to be black voices. We don't want any more brown faces who don't want to be brown voices. What that means is that there is a correct way to articulate racial minority or sexual minority or whatever voice which means critical consciousness, which means bringing in woke Marxists under the pretext of flushing out a diversity requirement with inclusion, bringing in the censorship policies and the uh, political correctness that boil down to affirming their presence, making sure they feel like they belong, celebrating that they're there, blah, 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 welcoming environment. We're all sick of the words. That's what it's for. The point is to affect entryism. In other words, to bring political officers into an institution to transform it from within. This is consonant with Antonio Gramsci's idea that the only way to defeat cultural hegemony in a society in the West is to infiltrate its key institutions. In other words, to do entryism and then use the people who infiltrated, who are Marxists, to establish what he called a counter hegemony within the institution. So then the culture producing institution, and he named family, religion, education, media, and law, that culture producing institution that's now been infiltrated through entryist tactics becomes a producer of a new counter hegemonic, in other words, communist or neo Marxist. Um, 
hegemonic set of values that we call DEI policies, inclusion, welcoming, belonging, all this BS. This isn't actually benign, sustainable and inclusive values. This isn't anything other than a communist tactic to take over the institutions. Now, just to put a really fine point on this, let's go back to Gramsci for a second. Gramsci said, religion, okay, we can see that. You take over the seminaries, you take over the, you get the pastors, and all of a sudden, there you go. You can do that the educational route like they did in schools. Education, you take over the colleges of education, we know how it works, right? Media, well, you take over the colleges of journalism, you take over the the, the culture producing, all of the media apparatuses, um, whether it's you take over editorial positions, whether you take over... Um, you create alternative media itself, or whether you take over the schools that produce the professionals and do it in a generational fashion. We know how media gets taken over. Law. We know how entryism works in law. We heard it from the critical race theory story already. You do the same thing. You take over the colleges, you, and, and then you take over the law schools. So you produce all the lawyers. So entryism can work that way. It doesn't just have to work in the CRT, CRT taking over um, critical legal studies extortion racket that they pulled, this this literally attack that they threw down on the people they demanded invite them, which was the same model that the uh, people the, the woke used in the new atheist movement. It doesn't have to be that, though. It could be this other thing where you take over generationally, you take over the schools and produce new lawyers, you take over the professional apparatuses, the credentialing apparatuses, the licensure apparatuses like the bar, like Figuring out medical, taking over medical schools, medical licensure, all having diversity requirements. We just saw in Canada, for example, that they actually put out a document saying that in the name of DEI or social justice or whatever, that things like racial equity and racial competence and the other aspects of social justice are more important to medical professionals than medical expertise. That's in a document they put out just the other day. I think it's from something to do with medical can or something. I don't know what the organization is. I could look it up on my Twitter. It's beside the point. This is all a different form of entryism. So it's three different types, right? The generational approach, the attack approach, and then there's this taking over the credentialing entities, the monopoly of licensure approach. But Gramsci listed those five, and I only talked about four. And this is the fine point and the last point. What about family? How do you do entryism into a family? Well, you brainwash the kids. You brainwash the kids. Because a brainwashed kid comes home and he's completely intolerant or she's completely intolerant now. And the process that follows is called renormalization. The family has to bend around in order to accept and tolerate this now brainwashed, activated, radicalized child. Maybe they've decided that they have a weird new sexual identity or gender identity that doesn't match their sex. Maybe they're trans or non-binary or non-conforming or gender fluid or gender queer or gender fucked. That's a real word in their literature, by the way. I didn't make that up. Maybe there's something like this. Maybe they've decided that they are an absolutely intolerant racial ally. Well, when you have this situation of an absolutely intolerant family member, the whole family has to actually make changes in order to accommodate or they have to fulfill the prophecy of the woke groomers and become antagonistic and or even disown the uh, recalcitrant child. And so that's actually entryism into the family unit itself, into the institution of the family. You brainwash the kids. You hit them with constant a constant barrage of media messages and woke education. So when you've taken over media and education, it becomes very easy to brainwash the kids 
And then what do you do? You send the brainwashed kids into the institution, the family to start shattering it from within one individual family, one individual community, one individual church, maybe at a time using this brainwashed, utter recalcitrance that shows up with the woke mindset. And that is how you do entryism into the family. And thus all of the five major um, domains of cultural production that Gramsci identified back in the 1920s, again, religion, family, education, media, and law, can be susceptible to entryism. And not just in the abstract. Remember, defund the police was entryism into police forces and defund or this whole pressure, this squeeze they put on the military is entryism into the military. And we could just do example after example, after example, after example. And the point of this podcast is to teach you, first of all, there's a word for this. It's called entryism. It's a strategy. It is the strategy behind the long march through the institutions, which is the name that Rudy Deutschke, a communist in 1966, gave to what he saw Mao Zedong doing in China successfully with his uh, literally insurgency model, his woke, or his, his Maoist insurgency model, cultural insurgency model, that was, if not directly, um, indirectly based off of what Gramsci wrote. Gramsci was being translated into uh, other languages other than the original Italian and maybe Russian at the time in the 1960s and in 1970 into English. And so this milieu of the radical Marxists of the 1960s would be aware of what Mao was doing, would be aware of what Gramsci had written, and would have put two and two together and were able to formulate this model of penetrating these cultural institutions to create a counter-hegemony to overthrow the value system of the existing society that we know and love and call Western civilization. That technique has a name. It's called entryism. You can go read about this as a tactic. There's even, I think, a Wikipedia entry about it, if I'm not mistaken, if they didn't take it down. You can get familiar with it, and you can do what I've urged you to do repeatedly with it. You can name the dynamic. You can say, hey, look, what's happening here is entryism. When they say that we need a DEI coordinator, when they say that there's too much racism in this school system and you're you're susceptible to civil rights lawsuits because of some weird consultant racket, by the way, that's another example. They come tell the, the, the CEO or the HR, you're, you have legal exposure under these bad interpretations of civil rights, rights laws, and so you need a DEI, implicit bias, whatever, anti-racism coordinator, trainer, officer, blah, 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 consulting group to come in and make sure that you're on the good and so that you don't get sued and you know if you say no, they're going to figure out a way to sue you so you're caught in this weird extortion racket. That's entryism too. They're getting themselves and the ideology into another institution, your company or whatever it is, your, your school, whatever. This is a knowable, understandable technique. And the magic of communist techniques is that they only work when people don't know what's really going on. So if you can call the technique out, identify how it works for people, you can demystify them and get them to back you when you say no or get them to say no in the first place. So the technique again is called entryism. It's a very important technique to understand. You'll see it everywhere once you start to understand it. I gave you copious examples in this episode. I hope this has been helpful. 